Welcome to the official podcast of The Mixed Church with Pastor Marcus England. We exist to help people move from their past to passion and purpose, a full life in Jesus Christ. For more information about The Mix and other resources, you can download The Mixed Church app or visit us online at themixedchurch.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. today that you need to understand that it's not your circumstance that determines your placement right now it's what God has already spoken it's not what it looks like it's what God has spoken it's not what the enemy's trying to feed to you it's what God has spoken it's not the doctor's report it's what God has spoken can you recognize it today can you say it's what God has spoken I know what man has said, but it's what God has spoken. When he says, I'm healed, I'm healed. When he says, I'm delivered, I'm delivered. When he says, I'm set free, I'm set free. When he says, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. When he says, I am lived, I can live in him. Today, I want you to understand that what you are experiencing is you walking in your faith and understanding that God is speaking to who you are, not to where you are. God is speaking to what he's called you to, not what you're living in presently. And I want to say this to you today. You must know what God is speaking about you in order to praise him for what he's saying about you. It's not about what it looks like right now, but it's about who God already says I am. And today the Bible says that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. So I just want you to know that. Just tell your neighbor real quick. Just say, I am a conqueror. And then after it put, say, no, I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, in the chat, just put it. I'm more than a conqueror. Which means I'm victorious. Which means that I'm already living in my victory in my present. My situation may seem like I'm broken, but I'm here today to let you know I'm living out what God showed me already as if I'm already walking in it. By faith, I believe and I'm not staying where I am. By faith, I'm declaring it and walking in it. By faith, I'm smiling with joy on the inside because God has given me breakthrough. And so I'm walking in that which he has already said about who I am today and I want you to know you are not the set of your circumstances you are not the set of your past you are not the set of what somebody who doesn't know who you really are and truly are says about you you are chosen you are not forsaken you have been called by the blood of the lamb today and so we are grateful and thankful can we just give God one more praise in the place today for his goodness and his love towards us I believe today that God is speaking as we're continuing in our series called Breakthrough. And I believe breakthrough is on its way. I believe breakthrough is happening in your life. I believe breakthrough is taking place. And I think that's why you're a little bit excited because you're starting to see the image of what is your future. You're starting to see the image of you coming out of what you used to be in. And you're getting a little bit excited. And and we learned about last week, we're going to break through to have the joy that God has already declared in our life. And so I believe today that 
God is speaking in your heart because there's a renewal in your spirit. There's a renewal in your mind. There's a renewal in your thought process because breakthrough is allowing you to see that my circumstances don't dictate what my God says I am and who he's declared me to be. And so this morning, I am excited. I'm so grateful that you are part and ready to get into the word of God today. If you're turning your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, and we have a short scripture today, but I want to get this over into your heart and spirit, is that when you receive breakthrough and when breakthrough is happening in your life, uh, the enemy comes to take that back. He comes to put you back in bondage. But you must declare today that I am free. For the Bible says that he who the son sets free is truly what? Free indeed. You just got to tell somebody, say, I'm truly free. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back. I know what it looks like. I know times are rough right now, but I am truly free. Truly free doesn't mean I feel free. It is I know I'm free. It's not predicated on how I'm feeling in the moment but I've declared over my life that I am free today and Ephesians 3 and 20 I wanted to read this in the New King James Version because it just gave an umph to me normally I read in ESV but I wanted to read this and I wanted to speak this over your life today because I believe as we are opening in the series of breakthrough that it's important that you understand that the promises of God that he has spoken over your life are already yes and amen and it is the responsibility as those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ to truly understand and truly get a great emphasis in our hearts and spirits that it doesn't look like I want it to look in the moment. But whatever God has promised, it is already yes and amen. And I believe that and I receive it and my breakthrough is predicated on it. Because if I start to wallow in what is happening in the moment, I'll find myself only seeing just a partial piece of the vision and the purpose and destiny that God has set over my life. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, I believe it's important that we grasp this scripture. And we're going to verse 20 through 21. And it says this as we read now to him who is able somebody say able. able able to do exceedingly abundantly you need to underline those words as we go above all that we ask or even think according to the power that works in us somebody say in me, in me. it says to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. Somebody say all. all. All generations. It did not stop at my grandmother. It did not stop at my grandfather. It did not stop and back in the day. The Bible says this thing is for all generations. And it says it is forever and ever. Amen. Means it is so. Which means I get happy about that. Which he says forever and ever. Because it means it's not just for those of the past and nor is it for those just 
promise of the present, but it means there's something for those in the future to come. I don't know if you might have children. You should get excited about that. If you've got a niece and a nephew, then you have to understand the Bible is saying it's not just for you, but it's for them as well. We're declaring it that he who we know to be great, the king of kings, uh, can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can even ask or think today. And I believe that God wants to speak that. The title that I have for today's message is, It's More Than I Can Imagine. It's more than I can imagine. Can we pray, Father, we thank you this day for your love. We thank you that your grace is abounding so much in our lives. I pray today that our hearts would be available, that our ears would be open, and that we would receive everything that you're speaking to us. And this is what I ask for this day, God, is that in the midst of this moment, that you would begin to speak to our hearts in a supernatural way, that it will allow for us to make true change and allow true breakthrough to take place in our lives. In Jesus' name we declare. Everyone say amen. 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 I believe there is more than I can even imagine or think. A powerful scripture. Thank you, musician, so much. Uh, I, I believe the powerful scripture that we are gathering today, whether it be one or two verses, we must understand that there is something special to undertake that God is able to do exceeding. Can we talk about what it looks like to be exceeding and abundantly and above all that you can even ask or think? I want to talk about that today because what Paul is speaking to is just a letter to the Ephesians, but it, it tends to read more like a sermon. And, and in this part of this letter that he is writing, he is praying to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus. And he is saying, I'm, I'm believing that God wants to do something more than you could ever imagine or think. And he says, so I need you to know it. In preceding verses, he says, how wide and how long and how deep and high the love of Christ is for you. He's given us a foundational state that you can only really begin to ask or think about something greater if you really understand the depth of God's love for you because what will keep you at hindrance is the things that you have done or the ways that you have been or what has taken place in your life will keep you from even processing that him who is able to do exceedingly can do it in your life. Now, if you don't understand how deep God's love is for you, you will abandon this scripture to give it to someone else because you believe there's so Someone else who is uh, more beneficial or, 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 or who is in the place where they can receive this. But God is speaking this to you today. Say God is speaking it to me. God is speaking it to me regardless of what I've done in my past, regardless of how broken this moment may be in my life. He is saying now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. And it says he wants us to have Paul. He speaks that this love that surpasses knowledge. Isn't that interesting? 
Because we oftentimes believe that the love that God is sharing for us is an understandable love. We have this perspective that the love that God is speaking about, the, the, the love that Paul is sharing with us about how great and amazing that God is, is we're comparing it to a relationship love. We're comparing it to the love that we have here on earth, and we're thinking out of a earthly mindset. But Paul describes to us, I want you to understand that this love that I'm talking about, it's, it has a, a height, and it has a, a depth, and it has a width, and a length that you can't even grasp because the love that you tend to operate in it has boundaries. The love that you tend to focus in and move in and, and, and operate in, it has boundaries. It, it has levels that it goes to and, and then it stops. And, and it has places that it goes to and, and then it stops. And, and once you've done something too bad, it stops. And, and then once you've found yourself repeating it a couple of times, it stops. And what you've allowed is that you've allowed what you've done and who you used to be to be a what? A barrier to the breakthrough to understand that God wants to do greater in your life than you could ever expect or imagine or think. What the enemy does in keeping us bound and keeping us in cycles is he makes us repeat uh, the ideas and thoughts in our heads of the things that we've done of past. And what he says to us is that that scripture doesn't apply to you it only applies to people who have gotten everything right and who have and have lived everything perfectly out but I'm here today to let you know God is speaking uh, to me God is speaking uh, to you just say it one more time he's speaking to me he's speaking to me and I believe it's important that you get that he's speaking to you Because if you let the enemy do what he does, and that is steal and kill and destroy, he will destroy the promise that God has placed in your life, which speaks to the abundance of what God wants to do for you, in you, and through you. The breakthrough is believing that God has a purpose even in the midst of your mess-ups, that God has a plan even in the midst of you avoiding him. God has a purpose and a destiny even in the midst of your brokenness stage of life what he's saying is I need you to understand that God loves you beyond what you could ever imagine or deep don't you understand how deep and how high don't you understand how long and how wide the love of God if you can comprehend it he says I pray to you church in Ephesus understand this that when you get this love this love is not even understandable it's beyond knowledge (laughs) you've been trying to understand God's love and that's been the problem you've compared the God the, the, the love of God to a love that you see existing in your current life today and I'm here today to let you know that God's love does not compare to your love 
The Bible lets us know in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, it didn't matter if you like God, didn't like God. It didn't matter if you cursed him or you didn't. The Bible says whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm here today to let you know it doesn't matter where you came from or what you did. It doesn't matter how you got to where you are. God says this love is for you. So I need you to understand and I'm praying that you can grasp the love that goes beyond knowledge. When I begin to understand the love that goes beyond knowledge, I begin to open up the way that I see God. And I truly begin to see God as an infinite God, an almighty God. He's not limited to the constructs of time and he's not limited to the constructs of of what is available on this earth. He is the God of the earth. He is the God that gives the resources. And, And when I begin to understand his love for me, I begin to see that that love is not predicated on what I've done. It's predicated on who he is. And and when he gives out of who he is, it makes me understand and realize that I was never deserving of anything that I have now. But by the grace of God, I have what I have because of the goodness of who he is. He says, I need you to grasp and get an understanding and catch a hold. Why? He says, because if you really could understand the infinite power of who God is, if you could really understand the depth that God has in love for you, can you really understand it? You would begin to search and ask things of God that are beyond your ability to do on your own. And you would not limit the destiny and purpose of your life because you would recognize that it's not by your own might anyway nor is it by anything you've done, I can begin to ask him because the love that he has for me. What we're doing is breaking through the barriers that we have worked to receive what we have. We're breaking through the barriers that our past is a limitation to our future. We're breaking through the barriers of understanding our imagination can go only but so far because of how I measure up to who God is. Let me let you know this very quickly. You don't measure up any day, any hour. It doesn't matter how many laws you keep. It doesn't matter how clean your mouth is. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter how often you give. It doesn't matter that you've grown up in church. Can I tell you, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short short of the glory of God. Don't you put yourself in nobody's pedestal. You've got to understand that you are just as messed up as anybody else, but by the grace of God that you're able to say I'm better than I used to be. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I'm forgiven. Why? Because I understand it was his grace covered over me. It was not by works lest any of us should boast, but it was by the grace of God that he began to understand I was under fit and unworthy but by God's goodness I am standing today understanding that he has done something for me that I don't even deserve today and because of it I can stand forward and say I am who I am I am who God says I am I am loved I am cherished I am forgiven I am steadfast I am unmovable I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord why because I recognize today it wasn't by my own grace so I can thank him for who he is and all that he's done because of his goodness in my life 
I'm no longer buried in the brokenness of what I've done and who I used to be. I'm walking in the grace of God because I truly understand God's love for me is greater than my little mistakes and my mess ups. And when I break through, I begin to imagine and say, God, what could you do with me? What could you do through me? What could you do in me? And God begins to say more than you can even ask or think. My question today is where have you put the limitations on God? The Bible says exceedingly, exceedingly means to surpass to go beyond any request to overcome and do anything. Abundantly means to overflow and to do more than enough. And above means to go over beyond any need. I think the idea that we've gotten complicated is we believe that God is a God of just enough and he's a God more than enough and you've mistaken your God with a God that has limitations and you don't recognize that your God is a limitless God which means it doesn't matter how jacked up you used to be God can change your life all around and mess you up so bad that he'll put you in a new situation like you could never imagine or think. And every time you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for you, the Bible said you just think my soul begins to cry out, hallelujah, why do I get so hysterical? Why do I get so overwhelmed? Because of his goodness and his love towards me. I understand. I'm messed up. I understand I'm a piece of junk if you look at me for what I did. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, I can stand up and say if it had not been God that was on my side, I know I'd have been messed up. But guess what? I'm not messed up because he's been good to me and I recognize it. And it's not what's holding me from my future. It's propelling me to what he's called me to be. I believe in the manifestation of God's promise and I believe that we can be a church and a people in whom God is calling. He is raising up to be a standard in the place of this world and not to be once powerless. For the Bible says we have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. What if you activated that power and the Bible says you begin to tap into your limitless God. You begin to tap into the God who can do exceedingly and a abundantly and above all you could ask or think you would start to see your dreams and your vision as small and you would start to look and say God I know there's got to be more because you said more than I can ask or, or even what think my question to you is what's wrong with your imagination your imagination is being limited by the perspective of where your mind is and your mind is keeping you at a standstill from recognizing the greatness of who our God is here's where we must catch a hold the Bible lets us know that we have a God that is able 
If you go through scripture, you'll understand. I told you to underline that in the first part. If God is able, I just wanted to give you a, a context to what that looks like. Uh, the Bible says in, 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 in Luke chapter 3 and 8 that God is able to raise up children from stones. It says, uh, therefore, produce fruits that are consistent with repentance. And do not start saying to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able. Somebody say able. To raise up children for Abraham. God does not need us. God does not need what you have. God is using you because you have been selected. Recognize you didn't select God. God selected you. And so recognize you are part of his plan and his design. That's why we're called to open our hearts to what he says and to lay our plans before him because he is the one that let us in. God, I thank you today that you let me in on your plans. I thank you that you allow me to operate as a part of your kingdom plan because it hadn't been up to me. I'd have still been in my own place doing my own thing. But I thank God today that he's what? Able. God is able. Somebody say God is able. God is able to fulfill promises even if they are humanly impossible. The scripture says in Romans chapter four, verse 21, it says he was fully convinced that God is able. Somebody say able Able. to do whatever he promises. (laughs) Some of us have made the mistake of putting people as our God to open doors and to be everything we need instead of trusting in the one who has already given the promise over our life. And that's why you're fearful to leave something and go to something more healthier and promising because you're dependent on yourself or dependent on someone else that you believe has the power. But my God is able to do greater than you could ever imagine or think. Whoever you think holds the keys does not hold the keys in your life. Can I tell you, they are you being used by God today to open the doors in your life. Stop worshiping people who you think have everything you need you need to let them know I won't degrade myself I won't lower my standards Uh, I'll be who God says I am uh, because being who God says I am uh, means I'm in line with what he has for me and if I'm in alignment with what he has for me uh, then it's automatically going to happen regardless if you're a part of it or not the door is going to open Someone say God is able. God is able to make grace abound. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, God is able to make up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Oh, we play down our God enough because we're trying to get him just to pay a BG&E bill. God, I, 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 I need you just to pay the bill for next month. I, I need you to give me the rent just for next week. And, and God is speaking to us and saying, I'm so much greater and I'm so much bigger and I'm so much more impactful than paying your small bills, uh, than giving you a little bit amount of money to, to take care of what you need. I am the God who can do exceedingly because you will not ask 
ask or even think when you request of God, you get what you ask for. I'm here today to let you know some of us are only just getting what we ask for. You ask for one bill, God gave you one bill. You ask for just next month, God gave you what? Next month. But I'm here today to know if you knew who your God was, you would say, God, give me the surplus that I need. And not just for myself, but for my brother and my sister. Because I needed to somebody say overflow. I needed to overflow. I would not find myself in the place where I'm selfishly going after God for what he can do for me. But I'm giving to God because I'm understanding that what he's going to do is not just bless me and my seed, but he's also going to bless everybody that's connected with me. If I understood he's able to do more, his grace abounds more. He just doesn't supply my need. He supplies the needs of those around me. Listen, if your community around you is suffering, I'm here today to let you know it's your fault. (laughs) Because there's something you haven't tapped into uh, enough to recognize that if I'm tapped in the way God's called me to tap in I have enough for me and overflowing is there overflowing happening in your community is there overflowing happening in your family it's not just enough for me uh, I need you to succeed uh, and you to succeed why because it overflows that's a product of me believing by faith that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all the product of our faith happens in person and we're seeing in person what we're believing spiritually someone say God is able last but not least God is able the Bible says to keep you from falling Jude 24 says this, now to him who is able, somebody say able, Able. to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless in the presence of his glory with triumphant, somebody say joy, Joy. and unspeakable, the Bible says delight. Some of you are so afraid of your addiction that you're letting your addiction win the battle because you don't understand the power of your father. If you understood the power of your father, it says now unto him that is able to keep you from stumbling or falling, which means he has the power to keep you daily under that which is weighted upon your shoulders. The Bible says, Paul said, I asked thrice that the Lord would remove it. And he said, what? Not so. You're looking for God to remove it and God's looking to keep you through it. You're looking for God to take it away. And there's some things God says, it's not going nowhere, but I'm going to keep you day by day. And day by day, keeping means I've got a day by day, thank you. I got a day by day, God, you're good. I got a day by day, God, you delivered me. I've got a day by day, God, you kept me. I've got a day by day, God, you've been there for me when no one else was there for me. I understand that He can keep me from falling. Stop giving over to your sin and brokenness and giving it power that it was never supposed to have. This is just who I am. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's not who you are. 
It's not who God says you are. You are delivered. You are healed. And we've given deliverance the wrong name. We've given deliverance the name of disappearing. And the problem is, is every deliverance doesn't disappear. What means is that God has the power to keep it at bay. Like he did the Red Sea. You see it, but you walk through it. You walk through it. It's on the sides of you, but guess what? It won't touch you. It won't hit you. And you'll walk through and say, I can't believe God is doing it. And God's saying, I'm only doing that right now for you. Walk through it. I'm not taking it away, but I'm taking you through it. Now unto him who is able. Our God is able. I want to speak this into your life because I believe breakthrough and understanding the depth and the height and the width and the length of God's love. It's going to be the key factor to you getting over you. And to stop living out the pity party that the devil wants you to go into every time you get a little emotional. You have to remind yourself now unto him who is able. You got to post that thing. You got to, you, you, listen, you, this thing will transform you so that nobody will know your emotions and feelings again. Why? Because you don't have to put them on social media. You don't have to paste them for a like. You don't have to tell them so that people will know. You just walking through. Hey, I, I seen you. You're, you're a little bit short on your storyline. You used to have a lot to say. I just started recognizing now unto him who is able. You know, I, I didn't have to call it out anymore. I didn't have to cry about it anymore. I just recognize now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all. That's what a good Christian walk looks like. I'm able to be able to sustain what God has done in my life and I don't need a breakthrough every year. I don't need a breakthrough every week. I don't need a breakthrough every Saturday before I minister on Sunday. I don't need breakthroughs over and over because now unto him that is able to keep me. He's able to keep me. I have just three points that I want to share with you that I believe God placed on my heart as an importance and to you understanding how to be able to begin to think and imagine, to ask and think and imagine and go beyond where you are to see God do the supernatural in your life. One of the first points that I think that we oftentimes misunderstand is that we tend to believe that our salvation is enough for us to be able to declare what God has spoken in our life. And why your salvation, if you're new here and this is your first time, why giving your heart over to God, why asking God to come in your life is not just enough. That is important. So you got to take the first step, but it's not a step just to leave you where you are. The Bible says we are to mature in our walk with Jesus Christ. We are to get off of milk and to move on to meat. Stop being okay with somebody saying, you know, I'm not really into that church stuff when you don't understand scripture and when you don't understand prayer and when you don't understand the things that bring about the promises that God has for your life. Stop gloating about not being churchy and you need to be able to repent and say, God, I need to know more for my life so that I can be who you've called me to be. Your lack and your limitation is keeping you from fulfilling your destiny. 
So that's why you have to use the words of others in order to bring a sense of joy to your heart. We love quotes from everybody else but God. We are quoting age. We'll throw it up. We'll put it up. We'll put the unknown person as the author and we'll tell you about all the motivation. But I don't know. I don't need that motivation when I understand who God is. See, motivation is needed because I don't recognize who God is in my life. But the motivation comes in understanding that I serve a God that's greater than what I could even imagine, expect or even think. And so when I recognize that he is great, I've got to really put myself in the place where as I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that I'm, point number one is you've got to be all in. Be all in. Oftentimes, because of our lack of sitting long enough to hear God's word, taking that word home with us and allowing God to speak to us through his word, we've gotten to a routine of doing church and we've substituted church for relationship. And so we're working our salvation off of Sundays and not the Holy Spirit. And so we think we're all in because we're in attendance. Mm, But we're missing because we haven't given our heart over to him. And the responsibility of the follower of Christ is to be all in. Mm -hmm. That's why the scripture in Romans 12 and one says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. It says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Underline that, because what we tend to do is offer ourselves to God the way we want and think God should be pleased with the sacrifice. And if you don't remember the story of Cain and Abel, they both offered sacrifices, but only one was accepted. It was the one that was pleasing unto God. So stop offering God things that he never asked you for. That's why the Bible says, listen, I I would offer these sacrifices, but God doesn't want your sacrifice. He wants your what? Obedience. Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice, because you don't know what to sacrifice until you're obedient. It says this is truly the way to worship him. It requires you to be all in. And being all in doesn't mean being perfect, but it means that you're not jumping out to find pleasure to jump back in. It means you're not frustrating the grace of God over and over because you know our God is forgiving. But here's what happens. The Bible lets us know the wages of sin is death. And the death is not always a physical death. What begins to die is the spiritual power that's living on the inside of you and the spiritual ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so because I cannot hear what God is saying, that means that the Holy Spirit can't break the yokes. And if the yokes can't be broken, it means 
I live life with the yokes trying to succeed and be who God has called for me to be. And I never get there. So I get frustrated because I don't allow God to do the work that's happening. What? On the inside of me. That's why he says, what? Give all of you over to God. Be a living sacrifice. Stop picking yourself up off the altar and giving it back to the enemy over and over. You're called to be a living what? Sacrifices. Sacrifices don't move. And we're finding ourselves moving all the time to where we want to be. And we give ourselves as sacrifices over to the things that we desire instead of the purpose and plan that God has set us up for. And that's how we get in bondage. And instead of the moments that we're going through that God takes us through becoming seasons, they become cycles. And now they begin to be a repetitive phase of what we do. And we don't understand that now unto him that is able to keep us from falling, we now begin to accept falling as a part of who we are. And our falling now becomes our addiction. Our falling becomes our addiction that we get hooked up on instead of understanding how high and deep and wide and long uh, the love of God is. And we get addicted to something that holds the temporary pain just for a season. And now the season becomes what a cycle that you can't stop because you don't have the promises of God to lean back on because you never want to be all churchy. When churchy could have kept you. I'm just hitting something real quick. I'm just hitting something real quick because that's our new thing. I don't want to be too churchy. And, and the problem is, is that the Bible lets us know if, if you train up a child in the way they should go. When they get older, they won't depart. Here's the reason why they don't depart, because they got some church in them. They got some Jesus, and they've got something to go back to. The problem is you set yourself up not to be churchy, so you have nothing to go back to. There's no foundation for you to go back and build on. So every time you hear the word, the Bible says you become like the one who hears the word, but it falls on what? Stony ground. Are we going to talk church in here or Bible? Like, I'm just trying to hear. And we're trying to figure out why this word can stick. And we're thinking it's the word and it's not the word and it's not God. Because the Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. If you understand the word is God, then you understand the word is perfect in what it says. You understand it's the what? Soil. It's the ground that is being sown into. And when the ground is hard because it has no foundation to go back into. Because you are opting out of being churchy is what you called it. And you don't have a prayer life and you don't have a devotional and you don't have time with God now you don't understand your promises and the only promises you've got is the ones you've made up in your mind and they don't equal God's promises so the manifestation of what you want to see can't come to pass because it's not allotted it's not allotted because you have nothing to build upon the Bible says you're building upon sand 
And every time the waters come, it just washes you back out. And now you're jealous of me because I made the decision to build mines on a foundation that was sure. And now you're calling me names because you've got to keep rebuilding every week to figure out where you're going to get your foundation from uh, instead of going back to what ground zero and saying, I got to start and build me something. Just let me be churchy so I can get through and understand now unto him that is able to keep me from what falling. We must be all in. Somebody say all in. Point number two is that you must allow your thinking to shift. The, the hardest component is that God is trying to change you, yet you're trying to stay thinking the same. And the requirement in order for change to truly take place is that the mind has to begin to shift in the way it approaches things. If you approach things the same thing every time, guess what? It's going to conflict with the new creation that God is trying to create within you. So when you stick to your old patterns, when you stick to your old ways, it keeps you from moving into what God is playing. That's why Romans 12 and 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. The perfect will of God comes out of the right sense of understanding and thinking. Here's what the problem is. You're trying to transform your own way of thinking. And the Bible says, be transformed, not transform. You got to underline that part because that part is so important. It says be transformed in order to be transformed. That means someone has to be transforming you. Too many of us are commanding our own transformation only to see us go back to the original state. You get it? It's a transformation that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's why it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot renew your mind just through a good book. You cannot just renew your mind through good uh, uh, meditation. You can't just renew your mind through good thinking. Can I tell you, you need to renew your mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. No other way, no other ability to be able to do it. God changes the way you think. God changes the way you perceive. God changes the way that you see things. God changes your mouth. God changes the ideas in which you have and they become according to his word. What is the transformation process? The Holy Spirit and the word of God. No word of God, no direction, no direction. Self-change begins to happen and you cannot self-change that which is permanently broken by sin. So we must Allow our thinking to shift. And I'm okay with that because I recognize that God is able. And the last point for today is point number three, prepare for change. Prepare for change today. This is important that you prepare for change. This is the reason why, because God is trying to transform and renew, but he has nowhere to place it. 
And if you're not preparing for change, it means you're resistant to what God is trying to do with on the inside of you. And if you don't prepare to change, then what you will find yourself is trying to do it like someone else that you see instead of running the race that God has set before you. The question is, whose race are you running? Because the limit of your imagination will be according to what you see. If you don't run your race, then you don't have an imagination to be able to give to God to say, I need you to do greater than what I can even ask or think. But here's where your imagination or your thinking is limited. It's always limited to the thing that you're trying to copy. Whatever you're trying to copy, that's the greatest ask that you'll have. The Bible lets us know in Hebrews chapter 12 and 1, it says, So then, with endurance, let us also run the race that is laid out in front of us. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us throw off any extra baggage and get rid of the sin that trips us up. My question today is, what baggage are you carrying? And my wife and I, we we go and fly. We often will do everything within our willpower to just take a carry-on bag. And oftentimes, you know why we take, people take so much luggage on short trips? It's because they're oftentimes trying to impress people with what they have in a short amount of time. Instead of understanding there's a greater responsibility to enjoy what you're in instead of trying to prove who you are. And I think once I grasped that, I started saying, I don't care. You don't know which blue pants I wore today. I can wear them again. I can wear them twice and you won't know what's going on. Let me roll these things up. Let me get my luggage to carry with me so I'm not, what, weighty and trying to pull things with me that aren't supposed to go with me. What happens? I'm able to go. Guess what? I waste less money. Let me tell you how cheap I am real quick. When I have a carry-on, guess what? I don't need the baggage person. I don't need nobody help me. Why? Because I'm taking my own self with you. The reason why you're digging into so many people's minds to figure out who you are is because you got so much baggage, you need help with getting to your destination. And God is just saying, if you could just lay off some of this weight, this baggage and this sin that so easily trips you up. How God, how am I doing that? I need you to be all in. I need you to stop faking this for whoever you think is impressed by it. But I mainly need you to stop faking it to yourself. And then the next thing that I need you to do is to to shift your thinking. I need you to get the mind together. Stop telling me who you are and who you aren't because that's God's job. And then the third thing is I need you to prepare for change. What are you setting up? What are you putting yourself in the place for that's more than you can imagine? Uh, Let me get this together because God's about to do something exceedingly. And so I need to clean out this area because I know where God's about to take me. That that house is bigger than what I'm in now. So let me begin to start looking at things. Why are you boxing up? He's about to do more than I could even imagine or think. Uh, Why are you setting yourself up over there? Because he is about to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Why are you prepared? 
preparing yourself like this. You, you don't come out anymore. Oh, I understand the next season. See, I recognize I may be in a season of law right now, but I'm expecting something great because I, I prayed something great. And, and because I prayed something great, I'm in expectation of what God is going to do. So I'm getting my ducats in a row right now. You've been pretty calm lately. No, I've just been focused. Why? Because exceedingly is about to happen and, and great things are about to take place. So I'm prepping myself and building my foundation so that when God accelerates me, I don't fall in the acceleration. God, I need you to what lock me in like I'm in a roller coaster because once this thing takes off, I don't want to fall out because I'm in my own stuff and in my own mess. I'm going to build what's needed to be built. If I haven't, I'm going to build my relationship. Why? Because when we take off, when we get to what is exceeding and abundantly above what we can ask or think, God is able to do it so greatly that he's going to what? Blow my mind. I can't wait. Anybody excited about what's to come? I can't wait. Listen, people were excited about coming to America too. I'm here to let you know what God's about to do in your life. People are going to flip out because they're going to see things they've never seen you do before. And you know whose mind is going to blow the greatest? Yours. I ask you today, it's more than you can imagine or think. It's more than your mind can handle. If your mind can handle it, it's not enough. If your mind can handle it, it's not what God spoke over your life. Just because you're having a pit season doesn't mean there isn't a kingdom that God is ready for you to run. You have to remember what you saw not live out of what you see. And when you understand what God has shown you, you'll walk through and say, God, even though this is not what I see or what I saw, even though what I see right now doesn't look like it, I'll trust you anyhow. I'll praise you anyhow. I'll wake up in the morning when I'm not feeling it and I'll say, anyhow. (laughs) Because you're able. You're able to do You're able to go beyond my thoughts. You're able to go beyond what I was prepared to do. Stop thinking that you're prepared. And so whatever you're prepared for, that's what God's taking you to. God's taking you to things you have no ability to be able to do until he sits you right in the seat. And when he sits you right in the seat, then you'll start operating. Why? Because he set it up and it wasn't something you even understood. I'm telling you today, if you would get excited for about where you're going, if you could get excited for what God has for you, you wouldn't live life just waking up every day feeling ordinary I know I'm going over my time but breakthrough is on the line and I'm trying to tell somebody if you can just get over the hump God can do something greater than you could imagine or even think today I'm trying to tell somebody it's more than you can imagine stop getting held up by what used to be it's more than you can imagine God wants to do greater in your life. Anybody want greater in your life? I'm believing that today for you. I'm believing breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Let's pray, Father. We thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our hope is that you are encouraged and feel closer to God than ever before. Our vision is to see a mix of people coming together to change lives and the world. If you would like to learn more about the mix, 
please visit us at themixchurch.com or download the app and fill out a Connect card. We pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon.